Well, we come to the, the next part, in fact, the last of our series, really, on, on life goals. Uh, and we've come to the, the topic of grandparenting. If you look at the, uh, if you Google grandparenting, there are some amazing quotes uh, about what it is to be a grandparent. Um, one of them is, don't get down on your knees to play with your grandchild unless you're certain that you can get back up again without assistance. <laughs> and another one I like, elephants and grandchildren never forget. <laughs> Who are grandparents? There are natural grandparents, our children's children, or our children's stepchildren, and we had the joy and privilege last July of our daughter Sarah giving birth to our first grandchild, and Reuben is now uh, almost eight months old. But I hasten to add there are lots of grandparents here who have a lot more experience than I have. Eight months does not qualify me even to be an amateur, I think. <laughs> but there are those who are chosen grandparents. About almost three years ago now, uh, our son Andrew, who mentors uh, some of the young lads in the Grace Mount area, came round with one of them, and we were sitting together uh, in, the, in our conservatory, and one of them turned to me and said, can I call you granddad? And I must say, it took me completely by surprise. Uh, I agreed. I'm not sure what that, uh, I knew exactly what that entailed, because that young man's just had his 15th birthday. So there are those who choose us as grandparents. And many of us will know the help or know the, the experience of non-family so-called aunts and uncles who are there to help youngsters on hand. And I want to ask you this morning, have you been chosen as a grandparent, are you a natural grandparent or have you been chosen as a grandparent? Have you been chosen as a grandparent and you don't know it? There are lots of youngsters out there looking for love, looking for safety, security, stability and wisdom. In the United Kingdom alone, there are 14 million grandparents. 80% provide some hands-on care for their grandchildren. 60% of working parents rely on their own parents for help with childcare. And the average time of that childcare is 15.9 hours per week. And apparently, according to the experts, that adds to the national economy a figure somewhere between four and seven billion pounds. One in a hundred children live with a grandparent. And if you look at it worldwide, 50% of the world's AIDS victims, the world's AIDS orphans, are cared for by a grandparent. So grandparenting throughout the world and in our country here is extremely important. Now, as we said with some of the other topics in the Life Goals series, there's maybe not a specific chapter in the Bible that says grandparents should do this. 
There are lots of principles that we can apply. And if you're here today and you're not a grandparent, eh, not having had children or anything like that, these principles apply in a much more general sense. So don't feel that you are left out by any means. I want you now to eh, imagine you're a grandchild. I'm going to read a passage of scripture and as I do that, I want you to imagine that you're the grandchild. I want you to imagine that you're a grandson. You're aged about 20 and you can choose your name. Your name is either Manasseh or Ephraim. Manasseh means forget because your dad at some point having troubled all the troubles that he had in life when you came on the scene it helped him to forget his past experiences if your name is Ephraim it means double prosperity or twice blessed and your dad chose that name because he felt having another son was God rewarding him with twice the blessing I want you to imagine that you're that grandson and you're going to visit Grandad Jacob. And Grandad Jacob is failing and is ill. What do you hear and how does it make you feel as I read this passage of God's word to you? Genesis 48 says this. Sometime later, Joseph was told, your father is ill. So he took his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, along with him. When Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel rallied his strength and sat up on the bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and there he blessed me and said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and will increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples, and I will give this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. Now then, your two sons born to you in Egypt before I came to you here will be reckoned as mine. Ephraim and Manasseh will be mine, just as Reuben and Simeon are mine. Any children born to you after them will be yours. In the territory they inherit, they will be reckoned under the names of their brothers." As I was returning from Padam, to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan while we were still on the way, a little distance from Ephrath. So I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he said, Who are these? They are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, Bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of old age and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again and now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees and bowed down with his face to the ground And Joseph took them both, 
Ephraim on his right towards Israel's left hand, and Manasseh on his left toward Israel's right hand, and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger, and crossing his arms he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. When Joseph saw his father placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, he was displeased, so he took hold of father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to him, No, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a people, and he too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he and his descendants will become a group of nations. He blessed them that day and said, In your name will Israel pronounce this blessing. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. So he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. And to you as one who is over your brothers, I give the ridge of land I took from the Amorites with my sword and my bow. Now there's quite a lot in that chapter, but it shows to some extent uh, a relationship between grandchildren and grandfather. Grandad Jacob's vision is getting poor, and he thinks that he's just speaking to Joseph. And then he sees some shadowy figures probably standing beside Joseph and he says, who who are these? And Joseph's reply is interesting. They are my sons whom God gave me in this place. And Jacob's response to that is, bring them to me. There's a welcome there. And I would like to suggest that that's so important to grandchildren. A welcome. When a grandchild bounds into the house, do you say, no, I can't deal with that. I need to go. I need to finish something first. What message does that really bring them here? There's a welcome there. What Jacob is saying to his grandchildren is, you are welcome. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to meet you. You are important to me. You matter to me. You mean a lot to me. I want to be near you. I want to be close to you. So Grandad Jacob demonstrates a welcome. He also demonstrates love. When Joseph brings the sons, his sons close to him, his grand, Jacob's grandchildren close, we have it here that Jacob kissed them and embraced them. And that was the cultural way of expressing love in a deep way in, in those days. It's the equivalent nowadays of the grandchild coming in through the door, the youngster, and get lifted up in the air. 
It's when the grandchild, the older grandchild, maybe gets a hug or a high five. And eye contact is so important in that situation. As you look at your grandchildren, do they sense a look of love, a look of compassion, a look of belonging? Body language that demonstrates and expresses love. And then interesting in that middle section, we said that Joseph started off by saying, these are my sons God has given me in this place. And Granddad Jacob then goes on to say to Joseph, I never thought I would see you again. And now God has allowed me to see your children, my grandchildren. So it's interesting there, there's the son and there's the grandson. The, the grand, the, sorry, the, the father and the grandfather expressing God's moving in that situation. And giving praise to God. But there's more to it. There's a welcome. And there's love expressed. But Grandad Jacob says to Joseph. Bring them to me. So I may bless them. Grandad Jacob wants to bless his grandchildren. Now what do we mean by Blessing. Blessing enables life. Blessing enhances life. Blessing enriches life. Blessing provides power for prosperity and success. And I don't just mean that in a, in a physical sense. So what blessing had Jacob in mind for his grandchildren? And if you read there in verses 15 and 16, it clearly tells you what the blessing uh, Jacob had in mind. He says this, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked. So he's making it very clear who he means by God. This is the God who my father served and my grandfather served. They walked, my father and my grandfather walked before God. May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. The angel, the deliverer, who has delivered me from all harm. May he bless these boys. Now it's interesting how he, Grandad Jacob, is very specific. Although he says early on, I want, I want to bless the boys. The blessing that he wants for these grandchildren is God's blessing. And he recognizes that the blessing that he might be able to provide is nothing compared to the blessing that God can provide. The blessing that his father and his grandfather knew. The blessing that he knows of the God who shepherded him, shepherded him all his life. And it's interesting too that uh, Jacob uh, says this. May they be called by my name. The message translation says, may my name 
be echoed in their lives. And I think that's interesting too, isn't it? What his wish is that God would richly bless Manasseh and Ephraim. But he wanted Manasseh and Ephraim to remember him. May his name echo in their lives. How important was that blessing? Well, the interesting thing is that if you look at Hebrews uh, and chapter 11, that's uh, the great hall of fame. Uh, by faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did that. What does it say about Jacob? It says this. And again, I'll read it in the message. By an act of faith, Jacob on his deathbed blessed each of Joseph's sons in turn, blessing them with God's blessing, not his own, as he bowed worshipfully on his staff. Isn't that amazing? That the writer to the Hebrews, as he went down through, I mean, Joseph lived for 147 years. He had amazing experiences uh, of, 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 in different ways. But the writer to the Hebrews chooses this to demonstrate what Jacob did by faith. Jacob, granddad Jacob, by faith, blessed his grandchildren. That's how significant the book of Hebrews suggests that is. And as you look down this passage, it would be wrong not to note the respect that there is between Joseph and Jacob between father and grandfather. And I think that's important. And I think it's important for grandchildren to see that, a respect between their father and grandfather. And I think one of the things that we need to learn as grandparents is that we should not be downing our children in front of our grandchildren. There's that wonderful respect. There's Joseph bowing down before Jacob. There's Jacob not saying, Ephraim and Manasseh, come to me. He says, Joseph, bring them to me. There's that mutual respect, that love, that bond between them. And that is so important. So we've looked at welcome. We've looked at love. We've looked at blessing. We've looked at the respectfulness between father and grandfather. But it's worth noting too that um, Grandad Jacob uh, also spent uh, time. His time was running out, uh, but he took unrushed, unharried time with both Joseph uh, and his grandchildren, Ephraim and Manasseh. Time is really important, and unrushed and unharried time with grandchildren is really significant. We've looked at the middle section of this chapter. Can I briefly focus on the start and ending and draw out at least two further suggestions for our attention as grandparents? Stories. Grandad Jacob tells stories from his own experience. He tells a God encounter at Laz or Bethel where he received significant promises from God that would reach far beyond his own life. He tells of one of the saddest moments of his life, the loss of Rachel, the grandmother that these boys would never meet. He speaks of her death and his deep, deep sorrow. 
he tells of unexpected and amazing events. Reunited with Joseph, who he thought was dead, and now seeing his grandchildren, something that he never expected to experience. He tells of the God who has been his shepherd all his life. So Grandad Jacob has tales of God moments, tales of deep sorrow, tales of the unexpected, the surprises, tales of a faithful, caring God. Grandchildren love stories. And there's something special about a grandchild crawling up onto a grandparent's knee and asking for a story to be read. Grandad Jacob told stories and we need to tell our grandchildren stories too, especially our own personal tales. Tell your grandchildren stories. But Grandad Jacob saw something else. He saw a much bigger picture. We learn from the beginning of this chapter that he adopts uh, Ephraim and Manasseh as if they were his own sons. And he did that because of the promises that God had given him, but also as a result of his memories of Rachel, whom he loved. God's plan is weaving through Grandad Jacob's life, and he wants that for Ephraim and Manasseh too. There is blessing from God, a prophetic message from God, a future vision from God. Grandad Jacob saw a much bigger picture. His story was part of God's story, and the story of Ephraim and Manasseh needed to be part of God's story too. Can I leave you this morning with some questions, some challenges? Do you and I have promises from God? Is God weaving out his plans in our lives, even in our darkest moments? What is our prayer for our grandchildren? Is there a future vision, a prophetic message for them? Is it our prayer that they would walk before God, know him as their shepherd every day of their lives, that they would live their story in God's big story? Just as Grandad Jacob declared, may God bless these boys, then our prayer too ought to be, Father God, may you bless our grandchildren. May they come to know you, Lord Jesus, to follow you and to serve you in whatever you have for them. May God bless you as grandparents.